gotta tell you guys, I kind of thought we'd be past the red jerseys thing after yesterday's game. Not that it was going to be completely purged after one big game, but I, uh, I definitely felt that a big win on Canada Day would have gotten us past it, you know, gotten us past it a teensy bit. But unfortunately, after Thomas Hatch had to wear a, and there's no two ways about it, an awful outing. Well, uh, the, the bullpen is disastrously thin. I'm thinking we're back to uh, crapping a little bit on the, <laughs> on the red jerseys. Basically, the only time I think we can all agree it is appropriate is Canada Day itself. And then you banish them for the rest of the year. Right? You know, I think we can settle on that. I've heard Ben Nicholson-Smith talk about maybe you bring back those, uh, like, what were they? The black and silver, kind of the blue accent jerseys like from the Vernon Wells days. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too mind that too, too much. Could it be worse than having the Blue Jays wear red on non-Canada Day days? Probably not. Any other day of the year that's not July 1st, no red jerseys. I think we can uh, all agree on that. Welcome to Jays Talk, of course on the Sportsnet Radio Network show alley to break down the second game of the doubleheader, an 11-5 loss to the Rays as the Rays sweep the doubleheader at home here at Rogers Center. It's the first time the Jays lose both games of a home doubleheader since October 5th, 1986 versus the Milwaukee Brewers. Of course, this is just the fifth home doubleheader in, I believe, the history of the franchise. The forthcoming last year when uh, ice punctured the roof of Rogers Center. So not a lot of Saturday night games here in Toronto, right? Though Usually those are down the street at Scotiabank Arena with the Leafs on Saturday night, right? No uh, hockey night in Canada, baseball night in Canada tonight, but of course it ends in an 11-5 defeat in Game 2 of the doubleheader. So let's chat about it. If you're on your way home from this game or if you were listening along at the lake or anywhere else this long weekend, shoot me a text at 590 you can call me as well, 416-870-0590, or star 590 on your cellular. I would love for you to call me so we can chat. Uh, someone had texted in, and I, I welcome all the texts, positive or negative. Someone had texted in to say I talk too much. And believe me, I, I wish I could convey to you the sincerity, this truth, when I say I wish I could talk less. I want to hear from you. I am a gas bag. We all know that. Uh, that's what they teach us in school. Carry segments if you can, right? Shy was actually one of my instructors, if, I, if you didn't know that. But uh, believe you me, I'd rather hear from you. And uh, dare I say everyone else listening would rather hear from callers as well. So, again, give me a call. 416-870-0590-1-888-666-0590. Star 590 on your cellular. I think the most exciting thing that happened in this game was being present when that G-Man Choi ball was swung on, swung on and fouled back into the booth. And then an inning later, Bradley Zimmer fouled one back. I want to say, like, it, it must have gone into the Rays radio booth, which is right to my left. Uh, that was probably the, the most exciting thing that happened in today's ball game. Uh, I'll say about this team, though. The Bats may not have come back all the way today. It does, it does sometimes happen. But... Uh, in the second game of a doubleheader, it would be uh, very, very easy to mail it in, roll over and say, okay, pack it up. We're playing for the rubber match tomorrow. And, I mean, that's what happened, right? Uh, but they got on a, a run in the fifth, the one more in the sixth, two in the seventh. They had two runners on base in the eighth. This team, you know, it's not one to quit. I will give them the smallest of props for that. 
they still lost by a lot of runs today. So how many how how much how many props can you really give someone when you lose eleven to five, right? But a uh, small hand also for Bradley Zimmer, who knocked in those two seventh inning runs with a two run jack. I only I only mentioned Zimmer because people had been saying there was no relevance for him on this roster beyond pinch running and uh, defensive replacements in the outfield. And that's probably still true, okay? Let's be clear. That is all probably still true. I'm not entirely saying it's not, but it's still, it's got to feel good when you crush a home run like that. I kind of also thought we'd saw Zimmer, Zimmer pitch today, honestly. I, if there was ever a human white flag, it's a position player pitching. I find some kind of silly, silly fun in it, but... Uh, the Jays just, in a philosophical sense, seem kind of fundamentally against it, so we did not see it uh, in the end. Before we get to Thomas Hatch, let's go to the phone lines. Again, 416-870-0590, triple eight triple six zero five ninety star 590 on the cell. Billy and Markham. Billy, I'm surprised you called in. This is I, I thought you said this was the AAA affiliate of Jays Talk with Blair and Barker and I here. No, no, I, I just I didn't mean that you were triple A. Uh, <laughs> I just meant you you guys were the were you know the next stop. So the don't, Phillies, don't take that for that wasn't meant as a that wasn't meant as a cut up at all. So no, no, I appreciate been, when you called in. You're always very uh, erudite. So uh, yeah, let's have at it, man. What's up? Okay, okay, show. Sure. Well, first of all, for Bradley Zimmer and, and Kevin talks about this a lot, but you know I, I'm not down on on Bradley Zimmer. Bradley Zimmer was a big prospect at one time. But you gotta, you know, if you want to get a taste of Bradley Zimmer, you let him play for maybe a month, and then if he's doing this, then you outright release him or get him. It's very hard to play every other day or or playing once a week. So I'm not going to cut up uh, Bradley Zimmer. He he has shown that in the past with another team, but uh, that that's not that's not my my main purpose for calling in. Here's the thing: Have we do we not develop pitching in this Blue Jay uh, farm system? When is the last time we have brought up a major league stud? And not not counting Manoa, but sure. I, but I mean, I mean the two guys we threw out there today, Thomas Hatch. You better fill out your resume or, or buy a home in Buffalo. I have never. We gave away two games today. It was actually I've never seen the Jays play like this all year. It was so non-competitive after Gosman went down. It was ridiculous. Have we got nobody better than Thomas Hatch to come up and give us one game, throw five, six innings, and show great stuff? I mean, Thomas Hatch, 10 runs, 10 earned runs, and you got yourself out of two big double plays with the bases loaded and nobody else, or you might have given up 20 runs today. I mean, the Blue Jays got to start developing pitching. If we don't, I'll tell you this, and I never liked the trade when we got rid of Gunnar Hogland for picking up the third baseman we did. I wanted to keep right. Gunnar Hogland. I did not want to lose him. But I, I'm just sitting here in, in disbelief of what we throw out there from our bullpen. And if our starting pitching, uh, if Gosman had a got hurt, this team was in deep trouble. We're still going to make the playoffs because we're so damn good offensively. And, we, and like you said earlier, we never quit. But, but, I mean, my God, today was two of the worst games I, I've seen in the last couple of years of the Blue Jays, and it was because of our pitching. It was just god-awful, and we got to start – we got to start drafting better, and we got to start developing a better pitching. That's well, all I got. I got so thanks. I, well, before I let you go, Billy, I got I got to yeah. say, uh, I I have a hard. Maybe you you remember better than I. I would have a hard time remembering a, a pitcher who was called up from the minor leagues that wasn't like you know they they often send a guy and have him go pitch 
Uh, like a, a failed starter. I don't want to say failed, but someone who they thought maybe could be a starter, and they turn him into a, a reliever in some fashion. It kind of seems like Pearson is on is on track to do that. But it kind of seems like I can't remember the last time an actual reliever was developed as a reliever and came up here and was a real fireballer. Like honestly, I have a I have a really hard time remembering even back to the Vernon Wells days of when when the last time that happened was. Yeah, the, the thing is, is that. Um... A lot of times, well, you know what you know what uh, relievers are. Uh, yeah. Relievers are failed starters. I, I, you know what? Seriously, all around baseball, I could give a rat's ass about relievers. They're good one year and then they are terrible the next. I, that's the last thing that I'm worried about. I want to see, and I've had this discussion with Kevin and uh, Jeff. I still, I want to see starting pitching go seven, eight, nine, nine innings. I mean, why was why was the guy in the first game for Tampa Bay pulled? Why? Because he was at 97 innings? I mean, 97 pitches? He struck out the side and made the Jays look terrible in the seventh inning. And then you go and bring in you go and bring in your bullpen with a chance to blow it. Let the guy go eight or nine innings. And I, I don't really care about a – I mean, you're going to tell me that – you're going to tell me that Manoa can't go nine every time out? But, but Manoa's as strong as an, as an ox. I mean, we're pulling him after seven and eight and just giving it a chance for the bullpen to – to, to blow it, I, I don't. I don't want to develop relievers. I don't like relievers. I want my starters to go a little bit longer. Show that's uh, that's that's all I got, my friend. Hey man, all right. Appreciate the call, Billy. Have a great remainder of your long weekend. Thanks for calling in. Uh, yeah, I, I think I. You know, Billy brings up a good point in the sense that. Uh, Starters just, I mean, this is something we've talked about. It's not just this season. It's not just last season. I want to say maybe going back to 2015, 2016 is when you kind of started to see this happen more and more and more. But pitchers not going deep into outings just doesn't happen anymore, right? And I think it's a lot A lot of it is because bullpens are being deployed in increasingly, I've said this before, but increasingly more liberal, liberal ways, pardon me, Guys are throwing harder. You got guys coming in, very specialists, quote unquote, as they call them, right? Guys coming in for one inning of work or two thirds of an inning, or to get one batter and sit back down after the inning changes over, right? You just you see starters go less and less deep. I remember we had this conversation. Gosh, I remember I had this chat with Jamie Campbell. Jamie came on. I think it might have been Jay's talk. It might have been the pregame show. But I remember we were chatting about when Ryu was st- uh, started, uh, I think one of his first games in a Blue Jays uniform a couple of years ago. And I remember Jamie basically said, yeah, look, baseball has changed. Guys don't go lo- length length innings anymore, right? I mean, you look at guys like Corbin Burns. You look at guys like Garrett Cole. You look at other guys too. Justin Verlander. Maybe Verlander is a bad example because he's a little older, right? But at the same time, starting pitchers just are not asked to go deep into ball games anymore. And I honestly think it's kind of a shame. Like, I do think you have to roll with the evolution of baseball to a certain degree, which is why I think I'm okay with strike zones and Honestly, I, I think like one of the more hotter takes I've said is I think I'm okay with the, the ghost runner on second base in extras. I actually don't mind the seven-inning doubleheaders. I mean, if they go – we know they're getting rid of all these things slowly. They're kind of things that came in for the pandemic, and they held on to it, like a vestige of it for uh, this season and uh, last season and this season. But uh, there there are things I'm I'm okay, willing to let slide. I think I'd rather see – arms go longer, right? I'm not asking for a guy to be Cy Young out there or like Nolan Ryan. We're never going to see guys like that again, ever, probably, right? But Billy is right. Alec Manoa could have done in that series against the Reds, he could have probably gotten a complete game, right? There, there are times where he could have gotten one more batter, got, gotten to eight instead of seven and two-thirds or something like that. And that's, I will say it's not, that's not exclusive to the Blue Jays. That's not a Blue Jays only thing. 
that is a uh, a thing overall. I think Blue Jays, or pardon me, baseball fans are going to have to unfortunately live with. But it's it's true. Hey, I think uh, we we I want starters to go longer too. I I absolutely agree. Um, let's get to our next caller again uh, here on the phone lines here on Jays Talk. Tom and Ajax, you have a question about strategy, maybe Gossman going in Game One instead of Game Two. Right. Um, I mean, it's it's the fans and the media's prerogatives to always question the actions of the manager. So I'm not to, here to dump on Charlie Montoyo. But the question has to be asked. Uh, I think coming into this doubleheader, both managers were kind of playing coy about who was going to start which game. But you would think with a veteran like Gosman that uh, once McClanahan was slated to start game one, and arguably he's been the best starter in baseball this year, uh, You've already, you're already up two games to none in a five-game series. Why not just kind of say, okay, you know, Gosman, I know you're a veteran, but you, you may have prepared for this noon start. We're going to push you ahead to 6 p.m., and we're going to throw Thomas Hatch out to the Wolves in the first game and see if he can match up against McClanahan, see if we can get lucky and, and win this thing and, you know, whatever. And if we lose it, well, we're down two games to one, and we've got the best starter we're going to have going in this series because Manoa's not pitching in these five games. Uh, going up against uh, Rasmussen, who's coming off the DL. It's a much better matchup for the Jays. And, uh, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, he probably wouldn't have got uh, hit by a line drive. I mean, Gosman, uh, if he pitched in that second game. But that's, again, a fan's prerogative saying, oh, right. you made the wrong move and it cost you. Hey, Tom, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for calling into Jay's Talk. Have a happy rest of your long weekend. Um, yeah, you know what? Someone actually texted in almost word for word. I had to go back and look while Tom was saying that to me. I was wondering if Tom just called in after getting texting in earlier, but Paul in Toronto actually texted in earlier saying, hey, nothing to do with the injury, but talk to me about the decision to start which pitcher in which game of this doubleheader. Tough task to beat the first pitcher if you're trying to win the series. Why not start Gosman in the evening game? I do, like, I, I kind of agree with both Paul and Tom. I do think maybe there's a little bit of hindsight to that as as Tom kind of kind of admitted there but I I do kind of see the rationale for the leading let's call him it's not like votes are being cast right now but let's call him the leading vote getter for the American League Cy Young and Shane McClanahan and then get Gossman going against Rasmussen I mean look the Blue Jays looked like they were on the road to coming back and and again like we were talking about with Billy I think it's cool that this team doesn't really ever say die right it's they don't really ever quit and even when things are not going their way, they, they keep on uh, wanding, blading balls, right? And they, they get on base. Again, there was two men on base. This game could have been a, an e- easily been a two- or three-run game going into the ninth inning. And some, some, there were some bad calls. They, they, just, they also got some a bad pitches to swing at, which they did from some of the raised relievers there, right? Some Kevin Cash did pull the, pull the ripcord on timely pulls, let's call them, of his relievers today, especially in game two. Uh, but still, I I think that I I want to say from what I've heard and what I can tell is they they being the Blue Jays firmly believe in the whole best on best philosophy, right? Like they think that you're gonna get Gossman going against uh, against. Uh, Shane McClanahan, because those guys are the two best. You want to see the premier pitching matchup. I want to say in terms of ERA or FIP or whatever, the various advanced statistics beyond ERA as well, I want to say going into the first game of the doubleheader earlier today, Gosman and McClanahan were had very similar-looking statistics, given that I think McClanahan is, is leading the Cy Young Award. And Gosman honestly, is not that far behind, right? If you were looking at names in the AL Cy Young uh, race, let's say right now, if you're looking at the odds, let's say, and Vegas usually has a pretty good handle on that kind of stuff. 
And I, I'm not a huge game. I don't really gamble all that much, but I do say I do like to look at the odds because it does give you a sense of how people and how Vegas feels about these overall odds, right? So McClanahan leads the pack. Manoa and Gosman are not too far behind. I think I think Bieber has fallen off, but Cole is always going to be up there. Justin Verlander is up there. Shohei Otani actually is a little further back than I kind of realized. I, I kind of think that if he keeps up the things he has been doing over the past, let's say, four to five starts. Look at Shohei's, Shohei's numbers over the past four to five starts. They're absurd. And then he is also going out there and hitting the ball as well as he does. I mean, the Angels probably won't make the playoffs this year, right? It's like that hilarious tweet. It's like you you're, you constantly look at the box score for an Angels game and you see stuff like Shohei Otani hits five home runs and in a single game has 10 RBI as the Angels lose 19 to 10 to the Milwaukee Brewers or something like that, right? I just feel like you see that so often. But either way, I mean, Shane McClanahan is is ahead of the pack for a good reason. And I do think there there was a chance maybe that they, I don't want to say throw Thomas Hatch to the Wolves necessarily, but I mean, you want the best on best matchup. And then you believe, quote unquote, you believe that Hatch and the rest of the team can get it done against a guy like Rasmussen who was coming off the IL, right? The guy spent some time on the IL this season. And uh, he is, it's not as though he was bad, but I mean, he's no, he's no Shane Baz who's going tomorrow. He's no Shane McClanahan, right? But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the text and the calls, guys. Paul in Toronto and uh, and Tom and Ajax. I do want to go to the text line as well. I see. Uh, well, there's no name on this one. It just says the bullpen is the weakest point for the Blue Jays, who are trying to make a deep playoff run. Do they make significant moves this week? I don't think this week, only because it certainly seems like from what all, what all we're hearing, all the beat writers, the various availabilities with Ross Atkins, uh, it certainly seems like. The asking prices for these guys are super high right now, sky high. Like, if you were to ask me, and David Bednar is one of the guys from the Pirates, and like I said before, Anthony Bonde is not the Pirates reliever I was kind of hoping for uh, to be coming to the Blue Jays. I want to see David Bednar in a Blue Jays uniform come August 2nd or whenever the trade deadline is. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Bednar is going somewhere else. And if he goes somewhere else, please... For the love of God, let it be outside the AL East, okay? Let it be for literally any other team in the NL. I don't don't care where he goes in the NL, but let it not be in the AL East, please, okay? So if it's not David Bednar, though, here are two names, and guys we have seen slash heard already this season, Scott Barlow with the Kansas City Royals and Gregory Soto with the Detroit Tigers. Gregor, I, I wonder if... Gregory Soto is going to be available. The Tigers are not particularly close to contending, it feels like. They do have Scooble, right? Tarek Scooble, who we saw earlier this season, who the Blue Jays actually beat up a fair bit, even though he's been quite good. Uh, they certainly have, uh, I guess it's Riley Green, that young man who just walked off the uh, the Orioles, I believe it was. I forget. No, actually, they walked off the Royals earlier today, and it was his first Major League home run. They have uh, Robbie Grossman there, who's had a pretty awful season, let's be real, right? They have some good pieces out in uh, out at Comerica Park, but I do kind of wonder if they might not be willing to take some a prospect or two for Gregory Soto, some pros- a prospect and some cash for Gregory Soto, right? I mean, I think uh, Moreno had his first... Major League hit against Soto of all people. I would still take him. I mean, the guy has a war of only 0.5. He has two wins, four losses. He has an ERA of 2.57. He has 15 saves this year, and uh, he has pitched 28 innings, 29 shut, uh, strikeouts, and he has a whip of 1.107. So I would love to see Gregory Soto maybe out there, someone who maybe can help manage the load on someone like Jordan Romano. I would love to see Scott Barlow in a Blue Jays uniform. Honestly, like if you could go to the Kansas City Royals and just pry away Barlow and maybe one other piece there, 
That would be that would be fantastic, right? Uh, uh, Barlow, another guy who's having a very good season. 1.6 WAR, two wins, a loss, 2.31 ERA, 11 saves, 35 innings pitched, 35 strikeouts, a WHIP of 1.057. So I I mean I would love to see David Bednar too. Don't get me wrong, but the stats for Bednar look pretty good, right? He has 11 saves, 36 innings pitched, a WHIP of 1.000. I guess I could just say one, right? I don't need to go past the past the decimal point of their no other numbers there. Uh, 49 strikeouts, a WAR of 1.2, and an ERA of 2.50. So, any one of those three guys, I still think it's most likely that Bedner is the guy who can be not had for necessarily cheap, but I mean the Pirates are a bad team. Let's be real. The Pirates are a bad franchise. They're managed poorly. Maybe they're on the upswing. Maybe. But uh, at the same time, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. If I thought that the you could maybe feasibly pry away Ronzi Contreras as well, I mean, I think he's he, a very young guy. Looks like he has all the tools to be a very good starting pitcher someday. I don't know if he's going to be. I mean, he's in the, I think he's in the majors right now. But, uh, I mean, not not too far removed from being a prospect, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing Contreras, but that's going to cost you a lot more than David Bedner as a reliever. And I got also, again, to go back to the call with Billy, relievers are, not to like not to borrow a phrase from hockey too, too much, but you know how people say goaltenders are voodoo? It kind of feels like that is kind of the same thing sometimes for relievers in the sense that they're so good one year and they're not, they're mediocre to bad sometimes other years. I mean, look at the difference we're looking at in Trevor Richards just year over year, right? Trevor Richards did have a couple of blow-ups last season, but I would say he was very, very reliable last season. This season, not so much. He's also on the 15-day IL right now with the next train, right? So, I don't know. I think uh, a move will come. A move is going to come, probably multiple moves, but I think we might have to wait until a little closer to the trade deadline uh, before we see them. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get back to the phone lines and then back to the text lines as well. 590-590, name and location. You're listening to Jay's Talk. I'm Show Ali on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali with you for a couple more minutes as we break down the Blue Jays' 11-5 loss at the hands of the visiting Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays sweeping the doubleheader here at Rogers Center. Uh, before we get to the text line, let's go to the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or the money line across many different sports. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. Uh, the Yankees did win both games of their doubleheader today, unfortunately, so they are 57-21. and 21. Boston is playing right now. They are down to the Cubs in the seventh inning, so we'll see if that score holds. Boston is currently, before that game ends, 43-34 and 34 with the loss... With both losses today, Toronto is 44-35, and 35, so nine games above 500. they They're tied with the Red Sox, both 13-and-a-half games back of the Yankees. But, of course, if the Red Sox lose, the Jays will be half a game up on the Red Sox in the uh, win-and-loss column. Tampa Bay Rays with the wins today, 42-36. and 36, And the Baltimore Orioles got walked off for a second straight game by the Minnesota Twins. They are 35-44. and 44. That's our bet, 365 standings update. Okay, let's go to the text line, 590-590. A couple of ones here. I see one from George in Toronto. I was at the game. I was really surprised that Hatch lasted longer than three. I have never seen a more hittable pitcher. Again, that's from George in Toronto. Yeah, look, we. I I like to read the uh, final stat lines for the starting pitcher of record. And uh, you know what? Let's just let's not do it and say we did because it was ugly. Like a uh, lots of hard contact from the very first batter. Parades had the uh, hit Parades, huh? 
No? No, okay, we won't say that. <laughs> but he did. He had a ridiculous game, 103 mile an hour hit in the first, a 97 mile an hour double the next time the Mejia homer, or the first one, was 101.4 miles an hour. G-Man Choi had one at 96 miles an hour. Wander Franco, 95. Harold Ramirez, 100 miles an hour. The list goes on. Hatch was not missing a lot of bats. He wasn't fooling anyone from the word go. The Rays bats were swinging all over him today. So, yeah, not a lot to say that's positive about Thomas Hatch. And uh, I see another one here. Uh, on this one, the Stephen from Williams Lake, oh, we never see Hatch in a Jays uniform again. How can the bullpen be so crippled? Trouble is, there's nobody really available. If you look at the, the list here, right? Richard's still on the 15-day IL, not eligible to be called back up just yet. Garcia, Jimmy Garcia, still on the 15-day IL with the lower back inflammation. Jeremy Beasley, Sean Anderson, both optioned. They have to stay down. Anthony Kay recently off the IL. Taylor Sacedo, Julian Merriweather on the 60-day IL. Nate Pearson set back with a latch strain. Adrian Hernandez has the shoulder soreness. So they have to be cautious, right, with, the, with a lot of these guys, which means there's not a lot of options. So I think we will see a trade soon. I just doubt it's going to be this week. Like in terms of today is Saturday, I doubt we will see it going forward. But, hey, appreciate all the calls and uh, texts as always. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. Jays lose the Rays 11-5 in Game 2 of the doubleheader. Rays sweep the two-game set here at Rogers Center today. Sunday, we have the rubber match for this five-gamer. Ross Stripling goes for the Jays. Shane Baz for the Rays. Blair and Barker are back tomorrow afternoon to put a bow on this series against Tampa. So for Brett, Tom, I'm Show. Have a wonderful remainder of your long weekend. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll be right back.